That's right. Welcome to something like that with Nav. That's right. I am Nav, and uh, it's been an exciting week indeed. We had some great lineups uh, on the uh, show, and more coming up for you. As a matter of fact, if you're looking forward for some entertainment news and uh, what's going on in the local scene, you might was you might want to check out uh, Gundang gundang.com.my, the guys who's been supporting this particular podcast of uh, rather something like that with Nav. Today on the show, I got some exciting people. I've managed to check them out a couple of. Uh, months back and also in a couple of geeks and they were pretty awesome they were really cool and the songs which is uh, available right now on spotify you have wounds in their latest single is also on the uh, mat 10 on hits.fm and available on spotify and we might talk about that in a bit from now but in the meantime let's have them on the screen right now i have let's see i have chloe i have uh, danielle and also devin what's up guys hello hello all right uh, let me kick it off by saying that uh, you guys did an awesome show that, like I said, one of the uh, shows that caught my attention was during the launch of the Rhythm Nation 7 album. And you guys were uh, the guest bands. You were fantastic. It was an amazing act. I've seen you all before on a couple of other gigs. And you guys have been around for a very, very long time, to be said. Right? Yeah. 2011, can I say that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah correct. 2011 and the cool part about being a rock band is that you always have this awesome story to go along with it and how the whole thing started off the journey of it who came in who left you know there's always some sort of news which you don't find in rap bands or pop bands and only rock bands can do that so i'm i'm just curious to find out because i was trying to dig up a little bit about you guys to know uh get to know y'all personally but unfortunately i can't find much of it on on the internet and I didn't want to ask people because, you know, one flow might tell one story. Lah. So I thought I might as well get it from the horse's mouth itself. 2011, it all started. So how did this Avengers assemble back then, man? Uh, so back then, uh, Daniel and I used to work in the same office uh, Okay. in 2011. And when we first formed the band, it was just with a few colleagues at work. Okay. And, For Battle of the Bands yeah. at work. It always starts like that, right? Battle of the yeah. Bands, compulsory thing. Okay. Yeah. So before before we started the band, um, <clears throat> we decided to start writing music together because Danielle can sing and I can play the guitar. So we thought, hey, let's give this a shot and see where it goes. Okay. And uh, we ended up writing our first bunch of songs. And that was when we decided, okay, you know what? I think this could work. Let's try forming a band and join the Battle of the Bands and see how that, how that works out. Love. So at that time, there was just it was just a band of colleagues uh, just came together for fun just to try it out. Uh, those guys left after a while because they were not really into the whole original indie band music scene thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. Then over the years, we had uh, drummers, guitarists, bassists come and go, and uh, eventually <clears throat> Malcolm joined us about six years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Six years ago. Yeah, and now. Two years plus ago, Chloe joined us, and yeah, that's that's where we've progressed since then. Uh, we've written more songs, and uh, eventually, we finally successfully got our songs recorded, our first bunch of songs recorded, and yeah, that's where we Malcolm are. Malcolm is Malcolm is still with the band, right? No, no. unfortunately, no. Ah, uh, I knew it! I knew it! So you guys are drummerless at the moment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But we are only auditioning. Uh, I mean, we had to halt our auditioning process because of the MPO. Okay. So we are planning to resume auditions soon, sooner. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, getting getting bandmates uh, to join a band, you must have the right amount of chemistry because it's not easy. It's like if you you talk about rap bands, rap groups, or something like that, it's different. It's just mainly on vocals. And beats usually is one particular person, but when it comes to band, you need to have that particular chemistry. So, how Chloe, how did you end up uh, end up here? <laughs> how did I end up here? <laughs> well, <laughs> they watched me play. When was that? 2013? 2014. 2014. And that time, I was in another band. I was in a metal band, actually playing bass as well. Can you so mention we, the name of the band if it's okay with you? Yeah, it's fine. It's uh, Tia Metria. Okay. Yeah, so uh, so I was in that band playing and then I met this guy. So we started off friends first. Lah. 
and then and then as the years progress um i stopped playing for a long time actually i did like teaching teaching guitar and i also continued my studies and then uh i they approached me again two years back to just try out for the band just like just try on it so i decided to try and then and then yeah well the rest is history <laughs> but, yeah. but I, i don't mean to sound like a sexist or i mean you get this question pretty commonly i mean almost everybody asks you that it's like whenever you come to a rock band and you have a female basis going on everybody's like hey did you check out check it out have you checked it out there's a female basis do you get that all all the time all the time all the time all the time i know because i i, I kind of find I it because if you're a music lover when you listen to all bands from all parts of the world you, it is no no big deal but when it comes to especially to the KL scene or the scene, <laughs> for some reason they have this thing if you check out the band are they yeah, that band like with the female guitarists or female yeah. drummers or something it happens a lot right do you get annoyed or you just find it as a compliment uh i honestly get annoyed by it yeah because uh, like what say it out loud say yeah. it out loud <laughs> because like I don't know I feel like when they say these things are you trying to say that we girls can't do what guys do? Yes, say it. Say it, woman, say it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously, the thing is the genre wise it is a bit unique because you have a metal background and uh Danielle uh Daniel I'm pronouncing it right right the name yeah. Danielle right? Okay. Yeah. So Daniel your sound is a little bit unique because you it feels like you have that uh uh Lenis feel a bit of uh uh how do i put it evanescence feel in it and it's very emotional sounding tone when it comes to your singing and songwriting devin you're a rocker all the way so how did this work out for you guys when we first started um so the so when i first asked daniel hey would you like to do this would you like to to be in a rock band with me would you like to sing in a rock band the idea i had was um i wasn't looking for a typical rock type singer i wanted okay. someone who had a unique style a unique voice and i found that in daniel and i i was very into i am so very into heavy music but um something about nirvana's nevermind album really inspired me where um they could they had parts where you had clean guitars and then you had full on distortion you know during the choruses so i wanted to do something like that and And the reason why I asked Daniel to to join the band is because I wanted to fuse that that heavy rock sound with a melodic okay style vocals yeah that that explains it a lot that explains it a lot in that way and uh, well as a matter of fact in terms of performing you have been performing at various events and so on and one of it was a jazz festival how did <laughs> yeah. that how did that work out for you guys well how did okay we first <laughs> because, it, it, because when i was looking through the whole things like okay fine you had this you had medeka raya you had this gig and you had a couple of other things going on then all of a sudden the jazz festival how did how do you perform for that yeah, being was, a rock rock party there was many many years ago um so <laughs> at that time we were starting out and we were really really hungry for gigs so one day after we finished work on a friday in cyberjaya we just took a walk to a restaurant to have something to eat and along the way we saw that there was a gig going on so we stopped and we checked it out <clears throat> and it was actually a, a jazz gig so there were a lot of jazz musicians jazz bands playing and then we saw a rock band play and that band was called Cats in Love okay yeah. Cats in Love and we were like what what the hell is a rock band doing in a jazz gig so but it was cool it was really cool it was it was a really interesting show so i approached the organizer and i said hey this is a jazz gig isn't it and he was like yeah but how come you have a rock band playing oh yeah yeah we we're open actually you know we we don't mind jazz or non jazz whatever <laughs> wait you have a band it's like yeah we do and uh, i have a band and, and we would like to play so that's how we started playing for those jazz gigs and that yeah. organizer eventually got us listed for the jazz festival uh, that explains it a lot because uh, i've been wondering is like how we, do they have the jazz feel or do you have jazz songs going on it's yeah, like it doesn't really 
Yeah, but you you are one hundred percent rock, right? Everything one hundred percent rock from the start till the very end, from the day of the formation till this very day. And uh, like I said earlier, you had about say two thousand eleven till two thousand twenty. That's about nine years, right? Yeah. Yeah. And why only three songs out? Ah. Hmm. Okay. I mean, you, I'm pretty sure you have written a whole lot of songs out there, but why is it only three songs that's uh, out on, uh, one is on radio right now, two is on Spotify and uh, YouTube, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. it has a lot yeah. to do with, um, so what I was saying earlier about how we were trying to, to have find the right bandmate. Yeah. Yeah. So it took us a while to, to, to really get the lineup, <clears throat> the confirmed lineup that we needed in the band with Chloe and Malcolm and all. And that took us a long time. Uh, so along the way, while we had written quite a few songs and while we had performed a lot, uh, we really wanted to get our stuff recorded. So when we first recorded our, our first single, Light Barrier, that was uh, four, years four years ago. Yeah, it, it was a learning process first because at that time we had no idea how to get about recording our music, uh, okay. what is the process involved and all of that. So we were just basically going on a trial and error basis. So at that time, we, we engaged our friends to do to record our song. And uh, we honestly had no idea what we were doing. We just went with it and finally got it out. And then we realized, oh, actually, there's more that we could do. And, and, and there's more room for us to improve. And then about a year later, we recorded our second single, Take Them Down. And uh, it was only eventually after that we realized, hey, we can actually put all the songs on Spotify and stuff. Uh, after that, we were looking for a good studio and a good producer to work with to, to really get our songs recorded properly and, and you know, with the best production quality possible. Yeah. And that is when we, <clears throat> we collaborated with uh, Nadir Studios, with Ashen Gobinat. Okay. And, and that took us about a year plus to, to get all the songs recorded, uh, mixed and mastered and everything. So until the yeah so now basically this year is now we're ready finally ready to, to put our songs out there now. but this this year was uh, a pretty weird one because 2020 everybody walked into it saying that yes this is my year i'm gonna go all out for it and then boom a bug messes everything out man yeah, <laughs> yeah man i know i could just imagine the frustration even as even in my field the same thing that was going on but you mentioned something about recording all your songs how many songs are there actually? Oh, actually, no. We've only recorded six songs mm -hmm. so far, mm -hmm. so it's an EP. Uh, but we've got about twelve songs. Yeah. Yeah, we've got about mm -hmm. twelve. How many? Right. Twelve. Twelve songs. Twelve. Okay, mm -hmm. and uh, Chloe, your role uh, in in particularly uh, uh, composing this particular sound, the band's sound. How much of uh, input is that in your your particular role or rather in the bass part of it because i know that uh, in one of your interviews or rather one of your videos you mentioned that for the song uh wounds you had a different plan to bring it onto the song but as the recording was going on process was going on there were some changes did that happen with every other songs uh, it it kind of did la, because when i joined the band before the whole recording process when I was learning the songs I I played it like how I thought it should be played the songs how it should be played so I listened to like the their previous performances tried to like copy the previous basses how did you do it and I change it up a bit and then when it was time to like lay it out for the EP our producer uh, listen to how I was playing it and told me, hey, I think this part uh, you should change because it doesn't Fuck. fit this part. I'm like, oh, but this is how I've been playing all these years. Well, it's time to change. Lah. Okay, but was it, was it <laughs> difficult coming from a metal band background? I mean, I'm pretty Ooh. sure that when you, you play in a metal band, your influences are a lot from the metal scene or the metal music itself. And bringing it into Skies Are Red, was it a tough task? Uh, I won't say I was like fully influenced by metal. Yeah, I like for the longest time I was listening to only metal. I started off playing guitar, like listening to metal, learning metal songs. 
And then when I entered a music college, I was exposed to like other genres like blues and jazz. I I, I didn't really get into the whole jazz scene, but I stuck to blues lah for quite okay. some time until now actually. So listening to like John Mayer, all of that. So that kind of changed my playing style also. Yeah. So it did like it wasn't that hard lah, but. I think, like, what was the hardest part was making my sound to be prominent and different. Yeah, I think Dervin also can relate to this, like, and Danielle yeah. also with her vocal styles and all. I think every yeah, musician, be- la. Yeah, yeah, because Dervin, I, I know you you play a very important role because you are the the uh, I would say the founder of the band, one of the founders of the band itself, and you have that. that that mindset of what kind of direction the band should sound and how the song should be like and having of course vocalists uh, and also songwriting like say for example whatever daniel's writing because whatever you listen to the in terms of lyrics and the feel of that particular song is not going to be so easy to blend in into a rock music altogether right so if you want to go heavy then getting that kind of tone to mix in is going to be a tough task what about you what's your take on that was it an easy process for you to come up with all that that twelve songs? Uh, you mean to me? Yes, for you. Um, I wouldn't say it was easy, um, but it wasn't that difficult either. Because, and it wasn't like I, I had a, a fully laid out plan of what exactly I should be doing and what we should be doing. And like I said earlier, it was a learning process over the years and. <clears throat> It all started from our very first gig where I learned not to turn my volume too loud. Then if I did that, and then it would drown her vocals. And what's the point of having a singer if no one can hear what she's saying? So <laughs> then I had to learn how to play with the EQ, you know, not too much okay. in, how much trouble, and stuff like that. And yeah, it, so in terms of the songwriting, um, Honestly, we never really sat down and thought, okay, this is the kind of genre, this is the kind of style we're going to write. We just okay. wrote what we felt like writing. So we have songs like Wounds is a very melodic, um, I would say, moderate tempo song, but we have like upbeat, heavier songs as well. Um, and we just we just wrote what we felt like writing. So Wounds was a song that was written at a time where, um, so Danielle wrote the lyrics for it and, and she was going through a particular phase in her life. And... Um, how it happened was she was like, oh, you know, this, this stupid shit's going on and this is going on. And I can't deal with this and just, ah, what the fuck? I'm sorry. I can't remember really? if I can say it. It's okay. You don't worry, Riz. Anything and everything goes in this show, man. That's the best part about the podcast. No one gives a damn, actually, <laughs> <laughs> about languages. Yeah. So, but... Uh, as for Danielle, the song Wound um, is one of the songs, and of course I heard your previous tracks also. It is something that you rarely find in most songs these days. Okay, I'm just going to be very honest down here. Most of the songs that I listen to, yes, you have that that music is, which gets you moving, or you know, maybe something a bit on the sentimental uh, songs. People talk about love and so on, but something about Wounds, it was very emotional. Okay, don't ask me to sing the lyrics or which part of it because I hate the way I sound. So <laughs> the thing is, I really suck at it. So the thing is, it's very connected. It is a song that's very connected. And when you say it's something that has happened to you and so on, is that is that a part of your songwriting process to write things that actually happen to you or whatever is going on? Or is this something that's something creative that just flows in, in the, on a the pen and paper? Okay, so... Um, I usually write songs that, how to say, it comes from my heart, whatever I've been going through. Sometimes I put myself in somebody else's shoes and I try to write based on that. But I feel like those songs don't really come out as emotional as the ones that I write from my own experiences. Okay. So, Wounds was definitely very personal to me. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what I was going through so at that time. It was <laughs> no, because it, it is it is different for people who's listening to it. A- any song, for that matter, it depends how you uh, 
you translate it to connect it to yourself and wounds was something that i have no idea after listening to the songs i felt like i had some problem during my childhood days or my teenage years or some reason like that you know it 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 has an emotional connection for anybody who's listening to that particular song and uh, it it i felt it that way when especially when you played uh, during the unplugged sessions something that you posted online you really had that feel for that particular song and as for the response of people who's listened to it have they said the same thing uh in terms of the connection they had with the song or is it just like something that everybody's treating like uh, hey it's just another song it's a cool song um i guess people who are close to us will you know come and tell us and share with us how they felt with the song but a person in general i've not heard anyone come up to me and you know tell me you know the song really touched me so you know it's such an amazing song so when i hear people like you come and tell me that you know it hit your heart strings it really means something to me because then i feel like oh, okay i did a good job kept capturing how i felt at that moment where it could be related by anyone but is it is that how it is in all your songs you have about 12 songs that that will be coming up and as a matter of fact your previous single that you had this particular track that was remastered pardon me i just slipped my mind there on the near title of that track uh well even that also has a bit of uh, emotional feel towards that song so is that does that mean that all your songs that are that's from skies are red are going to have that same similar feel or is there a variety of things that you are going to be introducing to uh, the music lovers out there I would like to try new things and you know write in um, how to say in a third person point of view for an example I still haven't successfully done something like that but one of our songs um the heavy one of the heaviest songs called deception okay um, you may have listened to it um during our live show the last one you watched yeah that was the last song we played and that song is literally uh, about a show called lie to me so we both wrote the song based on this show called lie to me oh uh, tim roth right tim roth, yeah. tim roth acted in 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 that series yeah and i don't know we both just decided you know what let's write a song about this series you know the deception <laughs> about you know how people some people they do it so well they yeah. can they can you know literally fool people it's the lengths that people will go to to lie about whatever yeah. you know when it's a crime I'm, i'm definitely looking for that song to come out soon man i mean of course i watched you perform but now that you mentioned about this particular song and it's uh, you just hit the right word which is heavy the kind of music that i enjoy also so i'm <laughs> looking forward for that to come out and any idea roughly how long would it take for you before you start releasing all 12 songs of it well as of right now our plan is to get our current songs released the ones that we just recorded mm-hmm. um, soon hopefully soon hopefully i don't know before the end of the year or maybe by next year we could start the recording process again and that's when we will get the next six songs recorded so deception and a few other songs will be included in the next release yeah. so are you going to are you going to release it in like one single one 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 track after another one by one or you just going to come up with a compiled a full fledged album and then release everything out because uh, i'll be i'll be frank with you from the days of radio till this very day i'm kind of kind of tired of waiting for the whole album to come out where you just you know when you listen to one particular song you look forward for the next one immediately and you want to play that album over and over again but sadly enough i don't know maybe it's budget maybe the cost or maybe it's time factor that songs are being released one track after one track 3 months later 6 months later so by the time you get all excited and then you just got to wait for the next 6 months for the next song to come out or maybe a year is that the same thing that's going to be happening here please tell me no <laughs> no i really hope not, not. Hope <laughs> not. yeah <laughs> to be honest we are planning for a whole album launch party you know have a proper gig with two three other bands invite our friends over have you know our album sales and things like that but then you know whatever this just happened to us yeah yeah mco is has become a bad word word for everybody like yeah. the most annoying word to be heard for 2020 because the thing is the waiting process uh, for many of the music lovers out there even for as a matter of fact like uh, when rhythm nations uh, uh, seven album came out it was f- the only thing i could tell jude was finally man 
I knew about the making of this song for years and since they had time issues and you know getting all the members together and finally coming it up coming out and then before you could even push it further once again the word MCO kicked in and uh, which is pretty sad but what are the alternatives right now I mean we can't really wait because everybody's looking for the new norm of things happening right now is there a backup plan is there a backup plan on uh, releasing your music and how you want to release it to the public out there because you you have plans of organizing parties and doing a, a proper launch and so on but we still haven't had our pubs and clubs open until this very day so yeah. is there an alternative plan to this yeah so about a week or two into the mco um <laughs> we were having a chat and then Danielle was like when when are we going to release our songs when yeah. are we going to release our album okay. is it not possible mm-hmm. to do something while they're waiting for all this to, to blow over. What if, worst case scenario, the virus becomes really fucking bad and we all die and <laughs> we won't end up releasing our music, right? So, so yeah. how? So that's be a when bummer. We, yeah, so then we all had a chat and we decided, okay, let's try releasing one single first. And mm-hmm. that's why we put wounds out. And, and the decision to, to put out wounds happened within, I think, less than a week, right? Yeah, yeah it was just less than a week. Ichi, yeah. I wanted to release the whole EP. Yeah, like, I know. These two stopped me. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't agree, nah. no, it's not a good idea. <laughs> no, because, like I said, when I, after watching you guys perform and then listening to the songs that uh, you were posted previously, and then Wounds came out, it's like you got people getting hungry for more. It's like, okay, that's not enough. I need to hear more. I need to hear more. What would they sound like on another? another tempo you know going is something a little more heavier or maybe something even a little more lighter you know you get people mm-hmm. let, let me how how do i put it this way la? You, people are saddest la. you know you really like <laughs> mm-hmm. these people <laughs> maximum but it's the first time i'm hearing this though I mean, really you have, have are telling us now that you know, people are waiting. I don't know that. I, I don't know. I don't know what people are waiting, but I am definitely waiting for a music lover. Because, like I said, the thing about uh, the Malaysian music scene is a lot of people don't understand the uh, the sound of it. Okay, people just assume when you say like Malaysian bands or Malaysian music, it's like usually in the circuit among the people in the circuit who talks about it more and more. But uh, the sound that you guys, uh, the Malaysian scene, creates is a little different. You know, a little different if you, yeah, how do I put it? It resonates with people differently if you really pay close attention to it. And that's what happens with most of the indie bands that's going on. But sadly enough, like I said, people make us wait. Bands make us wait. It's like you release one song, then you make you wait. And then you wait. By the time you just really feel it, it's like, okay, like, that's it. I had enough of these guys. I'm going to look for the new guys out there. You know, that's what usually happens. But don't in, worry, in more, term... more is coming. More is coming. Please, yeah. make it soon. Yeah. I don't. I'm kind of sounding like a fanboy, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, but I, mean, I mean, like I said, I'm not buttering you guys and all because I'm just pretty excited with when something good comes out. Uh, you should you should say it out loud. You should share it out as with many people as possible. Uh, but the thing is, this uh, you guys have been performing back to back before even coming up with songs, writing songs, and so on. How does it feel not being able to be on stage right now? The energy that that you have in all. How does it feel right like now? That. Sucks big time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Like, well, I can't get to be myself on stage anymore. No, I'm a different person when I'm off stage and I'm a different person when I'm on stage. So that part of my personality is begging to come out. <laughs> yeah, but you see, the energy is all bottled up, bottled up right now. So how do you use it? I mean, how do you channel that energy out? Don't tell me you use it in the workplace. Huh? No. <laughs> no, not at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you overcome that? Because I'm, I'm, I'm just a bit curious with people who actually perform live on a frequent basis. Like, mm-hmm. say, like people like me uh, from the MCing scene, or maybe DJs. We just do live sets. Uh, we talk like this, you know, just to keep the energy going to, or whatever's compressed inside. But for musicians as yourself, how do you do that? Well, what do you do to channel out the energy? Well, uh, all three of us actually, we have been doing stuff during the MCO, like. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, Chloe is not together with us, so we're not able to do like a live video or a performance video with her. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. we just try to manage with the both of us. But Chloe has been involved in recording, and, and she's appeared in a recent video. For, right, with uh, another video. artist. Yeah. Yeah. So, so all of us, not not just us, even our musician friends, other band friends, 
all of us are just doing what we can, yeah. you know, doing live stream shows, performing and doing videos, collaborative, uh, collaborative videos and things like that. Just yeah, because you, you also performed uh, with the You Do recently, right? For uh, Rock the House, okay, you had You Do, then you had uh, Basama, um, Basama Mulesi or something? Rani Basama. Oh, yeah, Basama. Okay. There's a lot of things. And any upcoming projects? Um, at the moment, no. no. No, we don't have any at the moment. But, uh, well, in terms of satisfying our three-month craving, we are actually meeting up for our first jam session since the MCO started this weekend. So okay. Can't wait to get to the studio and, and play again. Um, It'd be nice to see you stream that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, we should do that. Yeah. We might yeah. actually do that. Yeah. yeah but it's just because gonna be fun. So, so because it, it it is quite funny. We were having chats there, a couple of other musicians, we were talking about it. It's like this is a particular time that uh no one knows when exactly could you come out and perform in public because uh some say maybe only next year. Some say maybe in the next one, two months, because uh, musicians who uh, play live in the uh, night scene, clubs and pubs, you still you, you, just, you haven't got the right answer yet on when yes. you can do it. So you have to find alternatives in order in order for you to stay relevant or not to be forgotten much. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so live live things uh, live sessions really do help in that in that aspect of it. But the yeah. things that you missed uh, after performing all this while, which was your favorite one, man? Last year, at least if we can talk about something that happened last year, which is your best uh, best stage experience you had for 2019? Wow. wow. <laughs> and you wish you could see it happen again? For me, it would be uh, the Merdeka stage. Remember last oh, yeah. year? Yeah, we had the chance to perform on a huge stage. For Malaysia Day. Yeah, for Malaysia Day uh, at Dataran Merdeka, right? Yeah, nice. I missed that one. I wasn't there. Oh, yeah, you seem to be missing a lot, Chloe. Why is that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> only that one gig, though. Yeah. That was the only gig, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we got a sessionist to come and play with us, and it was the huge. The, the stage was so huge. I didn't know what to do with the space. <laughs> yeah, that's has a. If I can just have more gigs like that, uh, at least I can practice, you know. I can I can see what to do with the space, you know. <laughs> I'm very bad at that. I have to plan it out. I was given a wireless unit. I had no idea what to do with it. Just <laughs> <laughs> rock on the stage, man. Just run here, run there. Do like something like uh, uh, ACDC, ACDC. Just, just run here, yeah. run there for no particular reason. They can do yeah. that, man. It, it, it really is fun. And uh, well, speaking of performing on big stages and so on, apart from KL, any other states, do you guys uh, ever go on tour or something like that, jam with other bands in different states and uh, perhaps different country? Well, we haven't gone out of the country yet. yet. Chloe, you want to tell us about the Sabah tour? Oh, Sabah tour. Oh, yeah, Sabah. so we put the best we place to party, man. Oh, my oh, God. That's Chloe's <laughs> Yeah, so it was nice to bring them back to my kampung. Then this was the first one was 2017 when I joined, like a few months after I joined, actually. Yeah, and then we played three, there was three nights, right? Yeah, three nights, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Three shows, yeah, at different areas, and the Reception we got was like really good because the people there. Sabah, you don't have to see. Okay, let me let me put it this way: <laughs> East Malaysia, those people know how to party. Yes, they yeah. know how to have a really good time. Unlike we people yeah. here in KL, you know, we people are like all bunch of poses. Sorry, to say this love for those who's listening. A lot of Gayala Bayflers down here, but over there, in Sabah, Sarawak, it's it's a different feel altogether. It's like how they party yeah. is a different game. Yeah, uh, which... the main differences that, that I, I personally noticed when we were playing there, and we've played there like two two years two in a row, right? So so one is um, so there's this place in KK called a Biru Biru Cafe. It's um, I won't say it's like Merdekaria, but it's also a restaurant cafe place that opens their doors for uh, indie gigs and indie. open rooms and all that. So Open yeah. Mic Malaysia organizes their gigs there. Um, so when we were playing there. Uh, the lineup for the night had like 
alternative rock bands like us. There were singer-songwriters and acoustic guitars, and there were heavier bands and us playing there as well. And outside the cafe, there was a huge gathering of music bands, right? And there were metalheads, there were punks, there were all kinds of people from all different genres, all just hanging out. And they all came to support the show. Whoever was playing, they were there. And to me, that was something that is quite rare to see over here, at least in the Klang Valley. I think I think maybe I don't know could be a clue. You you're from Sabah, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but maybe it's because uh, the uh, frequent gigs that's being organized in KL is maybe too many of it. People are kind of uh, uh, how do I put it saturated. I mean they're kind of like tired of too many of yes, this right? happening compared in comparison with the Sabah. Is it true? Do you have it as frequent? True. It is quite true. I mean, okay, I I only go back to Sabah like once a year for Christmas, okay. but I do us like my cousins and all like oh do you guys go for gigs and all and then they always say yeah we go to this one pub that everyone goes to whereas over here we have like multiple pubs that yeah. provide different styles of music different gigs so yeah. you always have an option here but over there they only only go to this one pub yeah so and... they appreciate whatever that comes in their in their way like... yeah but even like so Sabahans really can drink, right? And yes. it's a good But what I notice is that at least the guys that we were hanging out with, the more they drink, the merrier they become, you know, the happier they become. And, and they're just so joyful and, yeah. and stuff compared to the crowd that we see here in KL. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to... No, it, it happens because one of the reasons is, like, uh, like say, for example, when the comparison with gigs, like I, I check out a lot of gigs. I visit a lot of underground gigs from way back then till this very day. Uh, the, the difference that I've noticed when it comes to uh, places like Sabah, Israel, East Malaysia is uh, people go there to have actually a, a good time. If I'm going to drink, I'm going to enjoy the music at the very same time. Two things. Participation level is very high. But over here, it's a bit different. It's either I'm going for the band or I'm going for the booze. And if yeah. I try to mix it up, it's a bad idea. The results is it's going to be something uh, not so yeah. exciting per se. Yeah. And uh, another sad thing is that uh, most of the uh, local scene that happens down here is uh, when you have, like, say, a band, a group of musicians are performing on stage, majority of the people that you see attending that particular event is going to be other musicians, friends, and so on. Majority of the crowd comes from that. Uh, and for the other strangest people who haven't seen that particular gig, participation level is not really that high as you would expect. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. You, you've done a lot of gigs, right? And you, you see majority of the people who's in front of the stage are your colleagues or your bandmates or somebody that you know from the circuit itself and it's friends. So people getting involved in it has changed very, very much because I was having a chat with Amang Rom uh, two days ago and we were talking about the indie music scene, why, what has happened. People said too much of he said there's too many people getting access to the internet, so participation is going lesser and lesser. But for you guys, if you would, you have a chance to change that, what do you think should be included in future gigs? That's a very big question. Then. Uh, yeah, because if you were given the opportunity to change the whole thing, it's, it's not like you guys have been something new to the scene, the industry itself. Okay, uh, one, the good thing is you've been there for about nine years or so on. And of course, you have seen the east side and west side of uh, the movement itself performing in both stages, big and small. So you have a rough idea on what exactly can be done to further improve the, uh, the indie scene or rather the participation, the turnout for a gig itself. So if you're given the chance, what do you think people should, be, should start looking into? You guys want to... Sorry, I suddenly got too businessy here, Dila. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot to think about also. Yeah. I mean, um, if you want to uh, think about improvement, I think even the fact that we get paid with exposure itself needs to be changed. Love, you know what I mean? That, that one people need to be slapped. Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> and, and I feel like, how to say, the word awareness just doesn't quite sit well with me. It, I, I feel like people who are more on the mainstream uh, side of listening, they, they should be made aware of how much talent we have, like locally. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how we do, we can do it, I but think, that's what yeah. we need. I think radio, 
Okay, I'm going to touch on a very sensitive topic here, but I'm going to say it anyway. Local radio, Malaysian radio stations, really need to play more Malaysian music. Yeah. Um, having a one-hour chart show on a Sunday is great. It's really good. But on a daily basis, if you turn on any of the Malaysian English radio stations, how much Malaysian music do you actually hear? Yeah. Would it really hurt to play at least 20 to 30% in an hour of just Malaysian music? You know? Which is, which is so true. And coming from a former radio person and so on, it's like it depends on the station also. Like uh, some of the. I wouldn't want to mention the exact name, the place that I used to work before, we had the freedom to play whatever we want, whenever we wanted. So there was no problem. There's no such thing as musician program or whatever. If DJ felt like he want to play this, he'll play this. If DJ broke up with his girlfriend, he's going to be sad songs back to back. That's what you're going to listen to for three hours. That's how it was for us. I think it still is. Yeah, I think it still is. That's what he, even for me, when I had a chance to start off a rock show, uh, it was featuring a lot of the local acts and so on because we had that freedom. But in terms of, like, say, some of the private stations, you have the music programmers who also has this problem in the sense that the quality of music that's been submitted. Mm. You know, a lot of bands that, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I'm supporting them. I'm not saying that. Mm. One of the troubles that they faced was uh, the quality of the song produced. Sure. One, sure. quality of the song produced. Two, uh, the content of the song itself in terms of the lyrics and the message sent out, the language. A lot of these factors were the... Uh, uh, issues they faced. Okay, sure. this is one of the issues they faced. But right now with technology, I think they can overcome that also. Uh, but then again, if you would say radio, uh, the uh, people listening to radio and the options they have, like say for example Spotify and other online radio thingy that's going on, do you think that radio really matters? To me, it does because just like like what you said, when I was growing up, the main source of information that I could find out about local bands. How I found out about OEG, how I found out about Butterfingers, Naked Breed, uh, Love Me Butch, all these great bands were because of radio. Yeah. They would they would not only play these bands' music, they would even promote gigs that are happening, you know? And yeah. that was really cool. That was really cool. And of course we had like magazines like RTW and we had Galaxy and all that featuring, you know, local local bands and stuff. Memory lane, man. Yeah, that was a Galaxy, a name that I haven't heard in centuries, man. <laughs> yeah. So, but today, um, if, if I wanted to know about, hey, what's, what's happening this weekend? I can't look in the papers. I can't listen to radio to find out. I need to go and dig up information online. I have to go and scour the internet, Facebook and Instagram. And it's a good thing that there are people promoting their stuff on Facebook and Instagram for us to find it. But if, so... If I were to promote my band stuff on Facebook, it's only our circles that will be seeing that. But if, yeah. let's say, TV, radio, and the papers do that more often, that information goes out to a wider circle of people. You know, And like what Daniel was talking about, awareness, um, that has to do a lot with the Malaysian people's awareness about local music. Yeah. Mm. And uh, speaking of media, uh, do you guys get the uh, coverage that you actually anticipate in terms of of uh, doing people doing write-ups for you guys or people approaching you getting to know your music do you come across those those group of journalists or do you really have to make an effort to go and look for them and pass your materials to them in order to say hey we are skies are red could it be featured in your magazine or maybe your blog or your website and so on do you face that issues yeah. Um, yes yeah we do but we also have beautiful people like you who want to feature us so come up, yeah show. come to us now, I was curious. I was curious, Joe, man. I just want to know more about you guys since I couldn't find on the other side. So, but the thing is, you want to overcome that. What What's your getting people, uh, media to get more involved with you guys? Forget about radio, forget about TV. Okay, mm -hmm. they have their own programming and whatever nonsense that's going on, which I think another 50 years we'll still be having this particular conversation, man. Everybody's been trying since the days I've been from, I don't know, Radio 4 or so on. Okay, we still have the battle going on. So, but for the media part of it, especially print and whatever write-ups or websites and so on, how do you think that uh, you guys can actually work hand-in-hand in, hand in order for people to know more about bands and also include more of the uh, indie scene in the contents itself? I think members of the media need to really um, get involved. 
get involved with the scene. If, if you are a publication, if you are an online magazine, and you have a section or a segment in your magazine about music, and if you want to talk about Malaysian music, then you need to really get involved in the scene. You need to, you know, cover events, cover album releases, you know, single releases, collaborate with a few different bands and come up with your own, uh, like, like, you know how uh, Rolling Stone does it or, or some of these major magazines, you know, I, I read a lot of like Premier Guitar, GuitarWorld.com, and they have some really great articles, which I really wish we had here in Malaysia as well. Yeah. You know, because, but, but oh. there are people who are doing it, like eccentrica.com, they, they do a really good job in covering a wide spectrum of the art scene in Malaysia, not just music, but, you know, in terms of books and, and theater and, and paintings and all that. But it's rare, you know, it's, it's rare to see some, a, a really good source of information that covers regular content about the Malaysian indie scene. So okay. I would say, in answer to your question, I think they would need to collaborate more, collaborate with with the bands, with organizers, with indie record labels, you know, to really get in the know of what's going on. Because like you said earlier also, like um, people are waiting for songs to come out and spend releases one song and then they have to wait six months or a year for the next song. But people don't know what's really going on behind the scenes. It's, it's, a, it's a real struggle, you know, to, yeah. to, to get our songs Rhythm to perform our songs, to to even get it to a level where we are satisfied to record it, and now we can say, okay, we are pleased with this product, and we want to share it with the world. It, it takes a lot of work, a lot of hard work, and these are the kind of stories that needs to come out. You know, it needs to be written about. It needs to be broadcasted in any way possible. It's part of the reason why we took so long to come out with such a, um, an amazing production like Wounds. The yeah, because wasn't as good. You know? So you, you guys are actually perfectionists when it comes to producing these songs, right? You just want to make sure the right song is it. But in terms of costing to produce the uh, the songs itself, is it ridiculous these days? It can be because we have to save literally just to you know pay for the production and all that. It's a few thousand, and uh, we try to play shows that we don't even you know, want to play like three set gigs playing cover songs because they pay. So it goes into our band fund. We try to accumulate the amount and then we pay our producer. You know, that that's how we've been doing it. Well, that definitely explains a lot because I've always, I've always been puzzled because why do bands actually perform in certain gigs and certain shows? You know, it doesn't make sense. You know the level of the music and the acts and so on. It's like it doesn't really gel with a particular event. So at least now that you're explaining, we have a clearer picture on that. But at the same time, producing, you're spending so much money, time and effort to produce a song or maybe an album and the returns that you get back in return. I mean, financially, the ROI, does it justify no, no you can, I don't think you can look at it that way. Yeah, we cannot look at it as a, how to say, uh, a way to become famous and make money. Uh, it, we, I, at least, I personally, I just do it for, for passion. I know I really need to sing. I need mm. to put the songs out there. So yeah. I just keep going. That's the main reason why we do it. Because it's our passion. We want to do it. We love doing it and we do it. But Chloe, do you feel the same? I do feel the same. Honestly, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's a mystery to me, like every time I ask the bands and so on, if you, it's going to be so the hassle of coming up with a song, writing a song, producing it, paying so much for it, and then you perform on stage, which organizers pay peanuts or someone even don't even pay you for uh, for that matter, and you still keep on doing it. Why? That was the number one question I've always had. It was like, you're going to do something that's not... Passion. Sorry, come again? Passion. That's the word for it. Passion. They're crazy. Yeah. Excellent, man. Good for you guys. Good for you guys. At least I get the. At least we, for the people who's not into the music scene, have an idea of what is it all about. It's all about the passion and the struggle that you guys go through. And I hope hey, all my media members who's listening to this, all my buddies, my reporters, friends, mm -hmm. or whoever you are, radios, you know who you are. I know you are listening to this. Is I think it's about <laughs> time for you guys to get in touch with these guys to find out more about the music, which will be coming up. The whole album will be coming up, hopefully, by end of this year. Can I say end of this year? Hopefully. Yeah. Okay, I'm looking forward for that. 
<laughs> hopefully, hopefully, I'm looking forward. We're definitely looking forward for that and more airplays. Uh, in the meantime, for those who are listening to this particular broadcast, don't forget to check them out on Facebook.com. Skies are red. Their music is also on Spotify. That's right. This type of skies are red. You can see them there. Uh, in terms of shows, let's wait and see when is the next show coming up. Hopefully soon, because I'm also looking for jobs. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, no, looking for geeks actually. Uh, looking for more geeks to check out. It's been wonderful chatting with you guys. Seriously, it's been wonderful. At least we have an is it, we have an insight of what exactly uh, skies are red are all about. It's pretty yeah, interesting. Nice yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the only thing nicer. <laughs> 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 no, just kidding, man. It's, I, th- I think it must be something to do with the microphones. But anyway, uh, before before I before I wrap you guys up and so on, I just want to know a little bit, just a little bit about you guys. Uh, Chloe said she was from Sabah. Which part of Sabah you said that you were? KK, Kota Kinabalu. And what's that Ipo thing got to do on your Facebook? Are you in Ipo by any chance? No, right? Oh, no. I was born in Sabah, raised in Ipo. That's the best town yeah. on the planet, man. That's the best town on the planet, my hometown. Wait, KK or Ipo? <laughs> You, I'm uh, very careful with your answer now. Sorry to say this, but Ibo is the best town on the planet. David, how about you? You Kel, you're Kel boy all the way? Who, me? No, no, no I'm no. frozen. Um, actually, we are both from Stromban. Yeah, small town too. I grew up in PD. Okay, Stromban, I must say, it's another nice town. Yeah. <laughs> really? Uh, PD? Okay, I, ha- I have to say Stromban, PD, all good places like, because I have no choice. My wife is from there. Uh, <laughs> so I, whether I like it or not, I have to say it's a nice place. Or else I'll be sleeping outside tonight. <laughs> but I think there's a certain charm about people from small towns. Yeah, certain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's something about them which is it's mysterious. It's not something common that you find in the KL KL people. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I would. Totally yeah. Serban, an exciting yet boring town at the same time. Okay, la, I, I will admit. La, yeah. when, I was, when I was young, I was just waiting to go to KL. Now I'm just waiting to go back to Serban. <laughs> yeah. so, but the thing is, when you, when you head out to Serban, you, you, you feel like, okay, finally I'm Serban. Okay, it's time to get do something. But the furthest you get is you go to Aeon Mall or Maiden Mall or something like that. And that's about it. Nothing else you can actually do is Romban. Uh, yeah. Sabah, different story. Sabah, you said, where are you getting it from? KK. KK. KK, you don't have to say mm. that. That's, that's, that's a city that doesn't sleep. There's a nice town mm-hmm. over there. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much. I just wanted to get, get the last bit of it. Just want to know which town are you from. Because sometimes you'll know about a person a lot when you find out which town are they from. You know, that's what, and of course, you have supporters from that group. Uh, got a couple of messages to check out. Keith, Keith uh, Gonzalez. Hey, dude. Uh, hey, thanks for tuning in. As I, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, once again, please remember to check out the music, uh, which is available on the Hits Met 10. You can vote for it. Please do vote for it. It's still available there, right? Yeah. Yep. Am I pro- Okay, yep. go to a Hits Mat 10 and vote for the song Wounds, which is available over there. All you have to do is just go to Sky's Red page. They have a link over there. Just You have to do that normal stuff like click here, click there, vote, and then tell them, yes, I voted. And uh, <laughs> apart from that, also head on to Spotify and check out the music. Share it as much as possible. Spread the word, spread the love. And uh, once again, thank you so much, guys. Daniel, David, Devin, Chloe. So it was so wonderful chatting with you. Looking forward to see you guys in person. In the yep. near future. Hopefully All right. Soon. Yeah. Hopefully soon. Take care. Hopefully soon. Take care. Peace.